Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. Whether you like it or not, God is with you constantly. We cannot escape him. We cannot escape him. Now, that thought is gonna do one of two things. It's either going to bring you great comfort or it's gonna bring you great guilt. Wherever you're sitting right now, if that sentence is making you uncomfortable, maybe that's God telling you it's time to examine your heart because he is present and he is looking. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. The book of Psalms consists of words of mourning and words of joy, words of lament and words of praise. While it can be difficult for us to relate to the exact challenges spoken of in this book, we can all relate to the emotions those challenges elicited in the writers. Emotions of discouragement, despair, hopelessness, and rejection. While the writers grapple with how to process their people's pain, they learn they can still offer praise to God for His love and faithfulness. In this series, we will examine the challenges the people of Israel faced and draw from their faith as they looked forward to a Messiah who would one day save them. And on this side of the cross, we can look at this book to see how God was faithful in sending Jesus to save us and how God is still faithful to see us through whatever difficulty we have. Please enjoy the message. I want to say welcome again this morning. If you are visiting with us for the first time, we are stoked you're here. I am not Philip Holland. I am Juan. Um, I am the student pastor here at Valley View. I get to hang out with our teenagers uh, 99% of the time, um, which is a lot of fun. It's what I love to do. Phil says, one day you can be a senior pastor. I say, no thanks. It's too much of a hassle. Um, I'll, say, I'll hang out with the teenagers uh, for as long as I can. Um, but anytime I get to preach in main service, I get to communicate a word with you, it's exciting for me, man. I, I love writing sermons um, directed at adults uh, and especially thinking about seasons in life that you may be going through um, that God can speak into. When, uh, when Phil asked me to write the sermon, um, I had to pick a psalm, right, because we've been going through the psalms, and, and I asked my mom, and I asked her, I said, hey, what, what's your favorite psalm? And she said, Psalm 139, that's her favorite psalm. Now, I've never been to a women's conference, but I hear that most women's conference, they use Psalm 139 for everything they talk about. Um, so I wasn't shocked that my mom picked that psalm. And I read it over a few times, and I thought also about the time of the year that I was going to be speaking to you in. And there was a word that came to mind to me when I was, when I was thinking about this time of the year, and it was the word transition. Transitions, transitions, transitions. It is, um, like we talked about a little bit earlier, it's a time of graduations. It's a time, uh, for me personally, it's graduating our seniors out of high school and, and sending them off into college. And it's a really exciting time and it's a really fun time, but at the same time, it can be a little bit scary. And honestly, if I'm being completely honest with you, it's a little bit sad. Um, I, uh, Nick and I were at a, a several graduations a couple weeks ago, and I can stand up here and tell you that I didn't not cry at any single one of those graduations. I'm a softie, and, and any time they start talking about the idea of transitioning and moving out of high school, moving out of our student ministry, and going off to college, and then they play Vienna by Billy Joel, and then you start crying about that too, um, it's, just, it's just a time that is so rich in memories and so exciting, but it's also a time that is sad. And so when I was writing this sermon, I, I couldn't help but think about the moms and the dads and the students that are, that are moving on to the next thing that's exciting but can also be difficult. 
Um, and so I wrote this with, with you in mind. God sees you in this exciting yet at the same time difficult time. Maybe for you it isn't graduation, maybe it's another difficulty, but I just want to sit here and tell you God sees you. God hears you. God is in your presence, and he's with you. The heartbeat of this chapter of the, of the book of Psalms is, is knowing. The word that, this, that wraps up this entire chapter is knowing. And for those of you that don't know, I, I have a second job on the weekends, not because I can't afford to pay my bills on, on a church salary, but because I get a free gym membership out of it. Um, so I am a weightlifting coach at a gym right down the road, um, and, and so what that means is I teach the barbell movements, squat, bench, deadlift, snatch, and clean and jerk. And I've devoted most of my fitness time since I was like 19 until now that I'm 31, to learning the barbell movements. It's, it's what I love to teach. I've competed in powerlifting for a few years. I've competed in Olympic weightlifting. Um, I've, I've attended more seminars that I can count. I'm a certified United States weightlifting coach. I have spent my time getting to know a barbell. Um, and, and I love teaching people to understand the barbell. I know my way around a barbell, but there are also many things I don't know. Um, like, for example, don't ask me how a car works. I just know I get in it, I turn the key, and I push the thing, and it go, go. Like, that's all I know. Um, don't ask me how to take care of your lawn. I'll invite you over to my house. You can see my tiny little lawn that's basically packed with weeds that I just mowed for the first time in a year and a half. I don't know how to make it look good. I just mow it. Don't ask me who the best baseball player is. I could care less about that thing that some of you call a sport. That's debatable. But I don't know anything about baseball. I don't know about those things, but I know my way around a barbell. Because that's what I've devoted a large chunk of my knowledge to. And there's some of you out there that know a lot of things. And some of you are, don't even know about a lot of things. You are experts about a lot of things. Some of you are experts at medicine. Some of you are experts at teaching. You know the law front and back. You, you, you can fix anything. And it feels good to be experts at something. And when something goes wrong, we want an expert to be there to fix it, right? We don't want just some Joe Schmo off the street to come in and tell us how to do things. We want to trust an expert. Last summer, my air conditioning went out. Like I said, I don't know much. So I didn't try fixing it. I'm pretty sure I called Don Richardson for like 20 minutes and I asked Don, Don, how do I fix my AC? And he was like, you need to call a professional. So I called an AC guy to come out. They come out, they look at it, they fix it. I paid a pretty penny for it, but it was done the right way. It was done well. And it was something, a person I could trust that they fixed it and did it the right way. We trust people, we trust experts. Well, Psalm 139 talks about a God. A God who knows and a God who is an expert. And what God is an expert at is you and me. He knows you and he is an expert in you and me. The overarching theme of Psalm 139 is the fact that the God of the universe knows you and he knows me inside and out. No questions asked. And in turn, we should be wanting to get to know him with the same diligence that he wants to get to know us. He's emulating that type of relationship that we should be striving to have with him. And now here's why understanding and knowing who God is is key for your life and for my life. What we think about who God is is going to shape the way that you view everything. Who you think God is is going to shape the way that you view other people, the universe, the world, sin, faith, your willingness to obey. 
if you don't have a, a clear idea, if you have wrong ideas of who God is, then that is going to lead you down a path of making wrong decisions. If you don't understand the heart of the Father, you won't fall in line with the wants of the heart of the Father. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. For you nerds out there, I'm talking about the word theology. Now, theology, by definition, is the study and the knowledge of God. And that's what we're going to get at this morning. So let's hop in. I have uh, Psalm 139, verses 1 through 6 up here. You know what? We never do this. Let's read it together. Ready? Here we go. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. David is starting this chapter by by speaking on two things about God. Number one is God's willingness to search your heart and to search my heart. And the second thing he's talking about is is God's all-knowing nature or his omniscience. The word um, search that David uses here is, is used in other instances um, when you translate it to its root. And, and Jewish people use this word as a description of, of examining something with pain and care, that, that word search. And they were often used in other situations, like when they were excavating a cave, when they were um, examining a field, or even when they were examining a very important legal case. That is the word search that's being used here. That level of diligence is the same level of diligence that God uses to search your heart and to search my heart. He wants to know every single piece of us. And here's the thing, we can't hide who we are from God. People have tried forever. You may be able to hide who you truly are from the person that's sitting next to you or the people in this room because all that you and I can see is the outside for the most part. But you can't hide what's inside from God the Father because he created you, because he made you, and because he knows you. God knows every single piece about you. Adam and Eve tried hiding from God. That didn't work. The writer of this psalm tried hiding from God. 
that also didn't work. Think of the closest relationship on earth that you may have. For me personally, it's my wife. My wife and I, Elke and I, have been married for eight years, about, it'll be nine years later this year, and, and when, at the beginning of our marriage, one of the first things I think most couples figure out when they first get married is how to fight, but fight fairly, um, or, or to argue and to, or to argue in a fair way. Now, Elke is, is an inward processor. She likes to sit there and think about things, and then she'll talk to you, and then me, I'm a verbal processor, so I have to talk about it, and I want to get to it right now. God had a sense of humor when he got us together. He knew it was going to be a fun, fun ride for us. Um, but one of, my, one of the things that we like to say to one another, um, sometimes in the middle of a discussion or an argument, one of us just kind of goes quiet, and you might be familiar with this in your marriage. And one thing that either I'll say to her or she'll say to me is we'll say, I can hear your brain thinking. I can hear your, like, I can, it is loud as all get out. You can hear the gears turning. You know that that person wants to say something. You know they're thinking about something, but they're just not saying it. And so we know what the other one, we know that the other one has something to say, but they're just not saying it, so we'll call one another out. Now, what got us to this point? Well, it's not because we're psychic. I can tell you that right now. Because if I was psychic, then I will know when the dishwasher needs to be unloaded, when the litter box needs to be cleaned, when the folded clothing that's been sitting at the foot of the bed for a week needs to be put away, or when I left my wet towel on the bed or on the floor instead of on the towel hook in the bathroom. But I am not a psychic, she is not a psychic. The reason we know that about one another is because we spend time with one another. We spend time getting to know one another, we spend time understanding one another. Now, it took time and effort, but here's the cool thing about our God, is that it doesn't take time. He already knows. He knows everything that you did, and he knows everything that you will do. And here's the even cooler part. He chooses you anyways. You and I, and I'm going to get to this later, we don't deserve it. We are, we are filthy, we are sinners, we spit in God's face 24-7, and he knows it's going to happen, and he has seen it happen time and time again, and he has seen us turn on back on him, and he searches our hearts still, and he still chooses you and I. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that exciting? Isn't that something worth being thankful for? And that's what David is celebrating here. He chooses to search us. And he also guides us in his eternal knowledge. In verse 5, David says, you hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. That word hem can be translated to being enclosed or to protecting something valuable, to surrounding something valuable. So what does this tell us about our God? It tells us that his guidance and his knowledge are purely for our good. The reason God guides us and he withholds and shares some of his knowledge with us is because he's looking out for us. So this leads us to our first takeaway, which is this. God knows us fully, yet he chooses to search us continuously. And he does this for your good, my good, and our protection. That's why he chooses to do it. Let's read the next couple verses. And by let's, I say, let's do it together again. That was fun. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise in the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light to you. 
Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, Thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, we wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. The next verses are a testament to another attribute of God, and that is his omnipresence, meaning that God is everywhere. This is the idea that, that God, at every single time, he exists out of our time and of our space, and he exists in every facet of life, in every physical location, past, present, and future. God is there with you. And David paints a really awesome picture. Um, in, in my five years of Bible college and the times I've read the psalm, I've never heard it explained this way. Um, I thought it was really cool, and I wanted to share it with you. He says, if I go up to the heavens, you are there. So up. That's north, right? And then he says, if I make my bed in the depths, you are there. Another translation uses the word sheol, which was a, a dark place where uh, they believed um, where people died, they would go there. So, south, right? This is interaction. Come on. Um, and then he says, if I rise on the wings of the dawn, dawn is morning. So that is east. And then he says, if I settle on the far side of the sea. Now, here's the cool part. David is writing this in Israel. So if you look at a map of Israel and you look to where the closest sea is, it's to the west, so David is painting this beautiful picture that God is north, he is south, he is east, he is west. He is everywhere. And I can't sit here and think that that was just a, a, a mistake by David, that he didn't mean to communicate God's all-encompassing presence around us. David is saying that no matter where you physically go, God is there. God is so in control that the only way that you can't be in his presence is if he chooses to kick you out of his presence. Um, Charles Spurgeon says it this way in Expositions of the Psalms. He says, we could only fly from God by his own power. And even then, God still chooses to take care of you and to preserve you. Now, whether you like it or not, God is present in your life, and he is in control of what's going on around us. You, you can either be okay with that or you can argue against it, but good luck against the God of the universe. And even in the darkness, God is present. David says, even in the darkness, you are there. There is a reason that people commit their crimes and that we sin in the dark, right? 
There's a reason why people do things they shouldn't be doing in the dark. They are concealed from human eyes, and they're more than likely to get away with it. I can promise you that when I was doing dumb things as a teenager, I wasn't doing them in broad daylight. There's a reason all the house parties I went to in high school didn't start at 4.30 when school let out. There's a reason that sneaking out of my buddy's house didn't happen until 11 p.m. It was because we were waiting for the cover of night. Because when you're doing things in the dark, you're more likely to not get caught. Darkness makes us feel like, like it's just you and your thoughts and the whole world has no idea what's going on. David is referring to hiding in the darkness from God's presence because we feel like darkness covers us. It's like if you've ever seen critical acclaimed movie, The Dark Knight, when Bane goes like, oh, so you think darkness is your ally. Like that's what he's talking about here. It's like you, you and I think darkness covers us. We think that, that in darkness we can get away from things, but David is saying, hey, you may as well commit your sin in the middle of a Walmart parking lot at 1230 in, in, in the afternoon because everybody can see it and you're not hiding from the one true God. David is saying, just go ahead and do it in broad daylight because that's basically the equivalent of what God sees. God isn't, isn't thrown off by the night. Spurgeon puts it this way. The final sentence seems to sum up all that went before and most empathetically puts, it, puts the narrative on the faintest idea of hiding under the cover of night. And so our second takeaway this morning is whether you like it or not, God is with you constantly. We cannot escape him. We cannot escape him. Now, that thought is going to do one of two things. It's either going to bring you great comfort or it's going to bring you great guilt. Wherever you're sitting right now, if that sentence is making you uncomfortable, maybe that's God telling you it's time to examine your heart because he is present and he is looking. Let's keep moving. Verses 13 through 18. Let's do it again. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. I don't think that there is a more iconic verse in the Bible about the sanctity of life. This verse is used all the time when we speak about the sanctity of life, and everyone has heard it a million times. Um, theologian Eugene Peterson puts it this way. In the presence of birth, we do not calculate, we marvel. Amen? In the presence of birth, we don't calculate, we marvel. Because it's a, it's a pure miracle. I remember um, leading up to the birth of our son, Mav, and I, we were having the meetings with, with our doula and with our birthing coach, and um, I, we were joking a little bit about the fact that I did not want to be in the delivery room. I was like, I am, I am terrified of what I may see in that room. I don't want to be there. And we're all like giggling about it and haha, one's so funny. I was kind of being serious. Um, I didn't want to be there. Um, and because and, I'm freaking out about what's going to happen to me. And it's funny that I'm thinking about myself when my wife is the one that's about to give birth to a baby. But, but two things in that moment brought me a huge amount of peace. Our birth coach said at the, end of, um, at, uh, at the end of one of our classes, she said, 
Your wife could be alone in the middle of the woods with no help and she would deliver that baby because her body was designed to do that. Now, I don't know if Gina is a Christian or not, but in that moment, she spoke to the creation of the human body and to the fact that there is a God that designed us in a perfect way. Then I was talking to, to my buddy Austin, and I told him about how scared I was of being in the delivery room, um, of, of how nervous I was about the whole process. And he told me something um, that he experienced with his first two kids that he's got. And he said, and I'm just gonna read it straight off his quote, his text message. He said, being in that room and witnessing the birth of a child is the closest I have ever felt to Jesus and his presence in my life. It is purely a miracle, no other words. Man, birth points to an intelligent design and to a creator. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.